As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Together, we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations around mastering transitions. In our relations, our wellness, our careers, our families, and especially in our missions and visions. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. I have with me a dear one, a new friend who just claimed that he's been following me for some time. With such respect, I give you Saadi Simone. Sa is a spiritual guide. He's a meditation teacher. He's an internationally known transformational speaker and best-selling author, which is no small thing, I now know, who has dedicated his life to helping others to live in alignment and to achieve your highest potential. He is pioneering a spiritually sassy, I love that, heart-based healing movement that is rooted in scientifically proven techniques, a method in which joy and authenticity illuminate your path to enlightenment. Saw's infectious enthusiasm is why he's here. We have actually a lot to cover today regarding everything from tantric Buddhism to contemplative psychotherapy, your first book was called Five Minute Daily Meditations. That was the international bestseller. You've worked with, oh my goodness, all kinds of people, including Kanye West. <laughs> Yo, I was listening to him on Joe Rogan the other day. And crazy as he is, I so want to curse, but I won't. Crazy as that man is, I can't stop listening to him. Was it fun to work with him? It was so much fun and it was, I mean, it was actually reflecting back. I had a sleepless night like mm. a few days ago mm. and they never happened. So it was very jarring and I was really like, oh my God, what's happening to me? I was with a, uh, seeing somebody uh, intimately, romantically. So I felt like, oh my God, it's just this newness that's happening. But I was reflecting on that because the other time that I've had this like sleepless night was the night before I went out to work with Kanye in uh, Chicago. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, we've gone to, um, uh, Uganda together. And so it's, it's been a really, uh, fun journey to, to be in that space. And he, I mean, I've listened to his music for over 10 years. Of course. So when one of my mentors asked me, Hey, can you, I was teaching at Kripalo at that point. I'll tell you the story briefly. I was teaching at Kripalo, uh, retreat with my sister. And I was like, shit, I'm already living the dream, honey. What's up? Teacher Eckerd Palo, you know, like this yes. is a high vision for me. And then my teacher was my one of my mentors said, Stop, can you come down to New York tomorrow? I want you to teach Kanye West how to meditate. And I want him to get to know. He was like, What? I was like, Harry, I don't think I can come to New York tomorrow. I'm in the middle of a retreat. There's all these people here in this intensive uh, work. And he's like, Stop, trust me, come. So he sends me a car, I go down, and then we hit it off. And um yeah, I mean, I, I, I think despite everything that's out there in the media, uh, you know, I still. I have a lot of respect for that guy. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and to the whole family too. I mean, I've I've met them briefly and being in their space, um, but it's I think everyone it's they've worked hard for what they have. Also, um, and, also, I have yeah. to say this: anyone who can make gospel as cool as he made it, something right. something is coursing through that man. That's right. That's right. I feel the same. I want to talk about you today. I'm holding in my hands oh, a copy. Of course. I'm holding my hands a copy of Spiritually Sassy. And I actually did not want to like this book because I didn't. <laughs> I swear. I, I tell everybody uh, the truth. I didn't want to like it. I was like, oh, my God, title. And then I started to read it. And I started to realize what you're talking about. The Sassy Foundation is Chapter 2, page 19, if you're holding the book. The first big heading says, own mm -hmm. all of you. And the first question you ask your reader is, why are shitty feelings my default? Mm. Now, I don't care who you are or how old you are listening to this podcast right now. If you're listening to us, you are asking the same question. I am asking the same question. I have everything I have ever wanted in my whole life. Why are shitty feelings my default? And you go into a really beautiful, well-articulated explanation. We come into life with an internal garden filled with karmic seeds. <laughs> virtuous and non-virtuous. And with the right conditions, they blossom as mental tendencies in either direction. And all those mental tendencies create habitual patterns. And all those habitual patterns either support our hearts or keep us stuck. It's just really well said. So I want to thank you for the way you're creating a lot of metaphor and visual for your reader. But the question in this chapter is the following. We're on page 26 now. What we thank talk... you, by the way, for that feedback. <laughs> of course, of course. It's really good. Uh, what we talk mm -hmm. about when we talk about the heart. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is the real, like, if we spend 10 minutes here, I'll be happy. I want to talk mm. about what you feel the heart actually means. You're mm. obsessed with it, I know. And when it's <laughs> time for us to get deeper into this heart yeah. curriculum, most of my, you know, my listener who's listening right now, for most of the time, you're in your heart. If you're listening to this podcast, we know that yeah. to be true. You're or, the embodiment of it. You're or, the embodiment, Elena. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. I really do yes. try. I really do try. That's the truth. And so my listener, you're in your heart most of the time. The times when you're not in your heart, I just want to hear, Sa, I want to hear you talk about what the heart means to you, how you found this as your calling to focus mm -hmm. in this way, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. anything you'd like to offer my listener who's listening who might be having a kind of a shitty day or or even a great day about the heart yeah yeah i mean the way i have interpreted the heart i was trying to figure out what's a a simple and relatable enough to write about this most awakened part of our being you know in buddhist philosophy the the terminology is called is our buddha nature so i use buddha nature sort of interchangeable in the book as well it's just taking refuge in that part of us that is that holds all of our potential that holds all of our, you know, creativity, sass, love, compassion, joy, wisdom. It's taking refuge in that part of us uh, moment to moment. It's remembering that that part of us is is our, is literally at the base of our being. It's our job as spiritually sassy warriors, practitioners to, to just do our best effort to uncover that part of us. So the, when I speak to the heart, I'm speaking about that part. 
and it, it's it's within the heart that you know in Buddhist philosophy it talks about the the Brahma Viharas, right? The four qualities of the awakened heart: mm-hmm. love, compassion, wisdom, and joy. But if you look at the traditional scriptures, uh, love is a different word for it. Compassion is the same word. Wisdom is a different word, and uh, joy is a different word. But I just felt like it is my job now that I've been given this opportunity to to translate it in a way that's relatable, um, that is simple, and and really digestible. So when, when I speak to the heart, I'm speaking about that potential to to look up at the sky and recognize that a dark cloud doesn't define the sky itself, and and a dark cloud can't over uh, shadow how bright the sun is. So it's, it's remembering that moment to moment, you know, I think often like I woke up crunchy this morning. I was like, Oh shit, I'm talking to Elena Brower today. Oh my God. <sighs> Let's do the work, honey. Let's do the work. Let's sit down <sighs> three rounds of Kapal Bhati, you know, put on some music, yeah. sit down and concentrate the mind, have a cup of coffee, go up upstairs, take a deep breath. And then slowly, slowly, as I heard your voice, my nervous system was like, you're okay, honey. You're good girl. Go yep. surf. Yep. Um, yep. But it's in that, these moments that like when we wake up feeling crunchy or wobbly or depressed, whatever variation of fragmented we may be, it's remembering that it's, they're empty in nature. They're transient. They do not define who we are at the base of our being. They do not define our, our day, our lives. You know, but oftentimes we have a, a, a crunchy moment in the morning and our whole day becomes crunchy fast. And then the next day follows through. So when we speak about the heart, we're speaking about like, you know, that that loving witness that can be tender and kind to all these passing waves without overly identifying with thoughts or feelings or emotions and just being with them and not becoming them. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a little bit of it. But, you know, I think just something like that. I think um, everyone has a different language for the heart. You know, I think in the beginning of the book, I sort of speak to you know, the heart might, some people might address to the God within their yeah. soul, yeah. spirit, whatever it may be. I just, I just wanted to keep, and you see it in the book. I don't even speak about the word ego once because I wanted to sort of strip away this notion um, of, of ego or, or for me in my own vocabulary, uh, you know, the, some of the, the Western language in regards to mental and spiritual transformation. So I kept yeah. it, the mind and the heart, and it's not that they're separate, they're, they're interchangeable, uh, they're indistinguishably one, but it's as you work through the mind, as you purify your mind, what is at the base of that mind is an awakened heart. And that's something that we all innately have. And it took me, honey, to go all the way to the north of India, sit in a retreat with a teacher and say, everyone has basic goodness. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about your past. Sorry, can I curse in the podcast? Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. I already have. I'm, I'm terrible. Okay. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> and it took me this teacher to say, everybody is innately good. Everyone has this Buddha nature at the base of their being. And I was like, whoa, how have I been walking around feeling like a mortal sin? How have I been walking around carrying the weight of my past and allowing my past strong to define my present experience, to define how I think about my future? Um, and just in that moment, something unlocked. And then more, I was like, oh, shit, this Buddhist stuff, I think it's for me. I think they're saying things that, you know, when you, when you hear truth, your whole body's like, mm-hmm, I know, it's true. Yeah. The texture of truth we know. Um, so that's when I just decided to like, okay, embark on this journey. So that's a little something in regards to the heart. And if you're feeling crunchy, know that the crunch doesn't define who you are, honey. Just a passing wave asking you to 
awaken more of who we truly are. You know, I speak mm -hmm. in the book about being sort of like a spiritual diplomat. Like not every thought requires a reaction. Not every feeling is the right guide to your life. Right. You know, right. can you orient your relationship to your thoughts and to your feelings from, from a place of pause, mm. from a place of, of present moment awareness? Because if you haven't paused or taken a breath or, or, you know, embody the present moment, you're going to respond to that crunchy feeling or to that crunchy thought pattern from your past or from your future worries. You are not accessing the, the here and the now where you feel safe or where you have access to the heart, mm. to this awakened part of you. So it does take the pause. You want to access the heart on demand. You know, throughout the book, we talk over and over again about it's the pause, the breath, an inner smile, and then allow that inner smile to show up in your face, even if it doesn't feel genuine, but try it over and over again. At some point, you're going to be able to rely on yourself like, shit, how, how have I been living being my, my, my worst enemy? And now I can trust my mind to be oriented towards, towards benevolence, towards creativity, towards uh, uh, kindness on altruism, you know, instead of, mm. and then the breath doesn't get shallow, it gets deep and long, you know, but we have to continuously retrain, reorient our, our entire mind, body uh, towards, towards the awakefulness uh, uh, of our heart. You have written that as humans, we've been given the ability to think and feel, we've been given our senses, smell, sight, touch, taste, hearing, these are the tools you say that we have to help us recalibrate ourselves back into the heart. And then you said something that I underlined and made a star. I believe the purpose of human life is to get into the heart so much that you become a broadcast of healing, of love. And then you put a dash in. I love the use of dashes. <laughs> and you say you become a compassion factory. <laughs> where you're also helping others to enter into a balanced and regulated state. So this is where I want to focus the rest of our talk because I think it's important. Mm -hmm. How can my listener do work that helps someone else get into a balanced and regulated state? And that I think is the key to going forward right now in this world at this time. Uh, we are right on the cusp of the election as we record this. We don't know what is coming we are hoping and praying for the best possible outcome obviously mm -hmm. but i thought it might be nice to go into this regulating uh nervous system conversation i'm now on page 59 using the nervous system to support ways of being new ways of being the brain doesn't work alone of course it's in constant communication with our nervous system two main parts sympathetic parasympathetic we know that the sympathetic nervous system is the way we react and respond to any stressor, it mobilizes the body's energy, all the resources during times of stress, that's your fight or flight. The parasympathetic nervous system conserves energy uh, and resources during all the relaxed states. This is rest and digest. This is where you just said something that was so sweet. You said that in starting the conversation, your nervous system kind of de-escalated and de-crunchified if you will. Uh, Decrunchify it. Hey. New word. <laughs> yes. Um, but this is, I think, where where you're shining in your work, because I do feel like your whole mission is to help folks get away from the sympathetic part of the nervous system and back into the parasympathetic aspect and start to feel that sense of rest and nurturance and well-being 
more of the time. I want to know how and who inspired this in you first. And then I want you to take us through perhaps uh, a, a little bit of color and context for how you work now to help folks regulate their nervous systems. Thank you for this question. Um, so beautiful. And thank you for reading that little passage there. Um, yes. How I found, how I, um, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to like, how I found the way to like reg regulate my nervous system. It was, I mean, really sitting in meditation. I think there was a big turning point for me when I had actually entered such a relaxed state that all the stuff that I hadn't looked at, it was like, girl, we're coming for you, honey. You're ready to face your mm. shit. Um, I was living a 30-day meditation retreat uh, in Kathmandu, Nepal. And during those 30 days, I was faced with so much stuff from my past. I was like, oh my God, I've been such an asshole. Wow. And that was quite painful to, to sit and, and take responsibility uh, over all of that. Uh, but it was it was through concentration of mind, right? Sitting down every day. I think there's so many kinds of meditation. I even offer so many of them in the book. But I constantly come back to, you know, concentration of mind, right? It's like find a single point of focus. It could be the breath. It could be a mantra. It could be a sound. But I ideally work with the breath because it's a natural resource. It's always there. It's your anchor to the now. I mean, we and and mm. and and then from that, you know, deep connection to the breath, you are able to really relax your your entire mind and nervous system in a completely new way. And also, um, you know, the research that I share in the book too uh, shows that um, someone who's normally anxious or depressed is breathing anywhere from 12 to 16 times per minute. So that's very shallow, very mm. short breath. And then someone who's, who's more in a relaxed stage uh, is breathing anywhere from four to six times per minute. So it's a very different style of breathing. And that breath, when you're breathing like that, you're entering into the supermarket, into the bank, into the grocery store, into wherever you are, even you're sitting in traffic. And, and we are underestimating that if you have that kind of breathing pattern, that coherent style of breathing, you're impacting, you know, the, the spiritual temperature of everything around you. You know, you're communicating safety, you're communicating creativity, you're communicating that everybody belongs. You're communicating that we all have the potential to be the most fierce, delicious, amazing beings that we can be. And we have the tools to be free of, of mental physical suffering. So when I speak about the compassion factory or, or, or I call it the blessing factory, it's embodying, uh, you know, doing the practice with the intention to support other people. You know, the book is essentially, uh, you know, uh, making altruism sexy and cool and relevant and necessary as a path to freedom. I think a lot of people in this space uh, do all these self-care practices and they become so intoxicated with the good feelings, but, but they forget the whole purpose of it, right? So you are actually then becoming this, this radio wave of, of loving kindness and, and, and tenderness and, and joy and potential. Non-verbally, it's being communicated about you, you know? So that's, that's a little something in regards to like the broadcast of, of, of what we can be when we do these, the, these practices, you know? And I always say to, 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 uh, in, in the work, it's like, as you're doing these practices, notice how often you're genuinely thinking about the well-being of others. That will tell where you're at in, in your spiritual evolution, you know, because if you're still completely intoxicated by my trauma, my pain, my this, my, 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 you sort of miss the plot of the spiritual path. 
mm. right? Uh, you kind of pivoted away from what this whole thing is about. You know, get free as quickly as possible and help as many people get free, you know? Uh, so there's a sense of urgency to the work. And so how I discovered the, you know, going back to that question, how I discovered that, it was, it was sitting in meditation and just, you know, entering to these deep states of, of, of you know, really sharp concentration. Um, and, and then being able to carry that concentration throughout my day and noticing how with, with this like high level of concentration, how I'm able to relate to external distractions and internal distractions in a completely new way. I'm not completely hooked and taken by them as I used to be. You know, it's not, it's like I'm not wearing, I'm not, it's that old prom dress memory shows up and I'm not all of a sudden wearing the prom dress and being squeezed tight, but I'm still entering the world to that view you know, with that perspective. All of a sudden, there's like, oh, this dress no longer fits, honey. Hey, girl, pass. And you allow it to pass with ease. It doesn't, you know, it's like we're, not, we're no longer a, a, a Velcro mind. It's more like a velvety mind. You know, it slides, mm-hmm. like, really beautifully. And then how I am, like, helping people to do that is, you know, of course, teaching, like, traditional seated practice, but then modernizing it, you know, bringing the concentration and the intention into movement. And that's where the dense uh, part, the dense component to my, to my whole teaching has become so prevalent. Um, it's really- That's how I fell in love with you. Uh, oh, that's so sweet. Watching you dance. <laughs> no, it's true. You know how many people tried to introduce us so many, so many, so many times. And finally, I was just like, oh my God, I saw you dance. And I was like, that <laughs> needs to be my friend right now. Oh my God, thank you, love. And, and honestly, like, that dance, it was me finishing. The dance comes as the, as, as the tail end of my morning practice, right? Wake up, set my prayers, uh, um, set my intention, and breathe, meditate, go for a run, usually a short, short run, and then, and then dance. So you're catching at the highest high when I am like mm. fully lit from, with my own cocktail, right? My own internal uh, spiritual cocktail yeah. of practices. Um, and then slowly, slowly from putting it out into the world, Deepak Chopra's team said, girl, what is this, honey? Come come into the office. Let's talk. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, what's up? He's the best. I know. I love that man. I know. Seriously. I love him so much. Yeah. And then coming to the office, they're like, whatever it is that you're doing there, can you teach at our retreat? And I was like, I don't, there's no really a method for it. It's just like, you know, I bring presence into movement and intention to the dance. And, and that's what you're seeing out on, on social media. And then slowly, slowly, I had to create a, I had to like create a method for it, create a name for it. And then it just has become a, a very big part of my practice. And I tell people all the time, like, that is the embodiment of being a permission slip. That is the embodiment of your practice, right? Because so often when we overly identify with the crunchiness in our mind, we, our posture changes. You know, our posture changes, our, our jaws clench, our, our fists get tight. Um, our lower back starts aching. I mean, all the things happen, but when you do the work and you put on some sexy music in a sexy outfit and you strut like a spiritual supermodel and you, you know, dance like no one's watching, but then for everyone to see uh, as a blessing factory, as a compassion factory, then it, you're really in touch with this grid system that we're all connected to. You're really thinking about the well-being of others from your living room and you're sending silent blessings right. everywhere. Um, so that's a little something in regards to that. I love that. You know what it is? It just parses everything down to the most basic sense of what needs to be done right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
deep breathing, have a dance, have a prayer, replace your judge. You, on 84, you talk about replacing judgment today. Pay attention to the small grudges. I really want, I'm so glad we got to this. Pay attention to the small grudges and judgments you hold on to. Mm. Try to notice how many there are in a day. <laughs> <laughs> and when you multiply that by seven days, 365 days, you can see how small day-to-day -day grudges and judgments become giant trees growing in the garden of your mind, yeah. blocking your connection to your heart. And when you catch yourself, this is what got me. I literally got a tear in my eye. Take a deep breath, you say, mm -hmm. and say to yourself, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. Do you know how this is completely repatterned? I even do this with, I have the best man on earth mm -hmm. as my partner, literally mm -hmm. the mensch mm -hmm. of all menches. And he, I still find myself judging. And I started doing this practice, maybe, I don't know, five, six weeks ago, when I got the book, the, the, the hardcover finally came. Mm -hmm. And I forgive you. I put my little hand on my heart. I said, I forgive you. And I move on. And my house is like so peaceful. You got to see my kid playing the piano every day. We have dinner every night. I mean, we've always done that, but it's like seamless now. Oh, and it's, I'm God. convinced it's because I'm doing this. Oh, shit. This is so I know. good to hear. <laughs> I wish you I could see the size of my smile. I can oh. feel it. It's that simple stuff, I think, that the world needs most right now. Yeah, yeah. I speak to this often. I think when the spiritual path becomes complicated, run the other way. You know, the masters that I've had the honor of studying with, they're so simple. And they teach the same thing over and over and over again until you know inside out with your eyes closed. And you are so embodied in that. And then you go to the next level, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I started this thing, this this practice, because... I would be, this is so, it's so, I mean, it's the truth of it. It's like, you're in an Uber. I was living in New York City up until earlier this year. And you're in an Uber and you, you just got your coffee and you're in the Uber and you're about to take a sip of your coffee and you're hoping the coffee is like, you know, your latte is like warm and delicious, but the coffee is warm. It's not hot how you wish it was. And it's winter in New York, right? You get in the Uber, the Uber is talking a foreign language really loud. So you're holding on to the, all these little crunchy bits. You're holding on to all these grudges, like, fuck that coffee shop person, fuck this Uber driver. And then you carry on with your day without tending to all of this. And the mind is documenting everything, honey. It's watering the seeds of, of skillful uh, mind state, skillful words, skillful actions, or it's watering the unskillful, unwholesome, destructive seeds. It's that moment-to-moment -moment choice, right? So every night when I go to sleep now is I am recounting the good things that I've done and I'm, and I'm going through all the little mini grudges. Uh, if I'm not doing it as it arises, um, I'm recount, I'm looking at them and saying, I forgive you, forgive me. I forgive you, forgive me. And what that does at the base of our being, woof, we can't see with the eyes in our face, honey, but it's guaranteed, it's proven that yeah. the natural law of cause and effect, aka karma, got your back. And that yeah. choice, to, to, to choose to, to look and forgive it. If you're reading out the seeds, the, you're reading out the stuff that's holding back the seeds of the heart to grow and get access to sunlight and get access to the, the correct amount of water to grow and blossom. So I, I highly recommend this. I mean, coming from being so critical in the fashion industry and being paid to be that, that, that wild 
cunt, excuse my language, but that was kind of like the, the, direct, the, the view that people had of me. To be here now, I have to say, it's to, you know, wiping out that criticalness, um, it's been transformative. Yeah. So tell me, you were in the fashion business, what were you doing? I started the magazine when I was 23, and then I was bought out of the company when I was 27, turning 28, and that's what set me off on the path. Um, I see. Yeah, the magazine was called Bullet with two T's, and it was really wild. Because oh, I remember it. I remember you remember it. Bullet? Oh, my God. What year was that? What year was that? I left in 2012, November 22nd, 2012. Mm -hmm. That's when, mm -hmm. that was when I left. Uh, and then I think 11, they 22. Yeah, wow. That's a good day. 11, 22, 1, 2. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think about the number, but thank you for that reflection. And, and the betrayal and the heartache and the and the grudges and the revenge and all those narratives kept kept me so I was I was literally living breathing that poison. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't forgive them, and I couldn't forgive myself. The inability to forgive was what set me off to to then buy a one way ticket to India and be like, girl, let's look at this shit. Like, what are we gonna do with this life? Mm -hmm. um, so. That's how it all sort of uh, uh, begun. And I'm going to page now 140. What really matters mm. when your values are not aligned with what you are doing, it perpetuates mm. suffering. And this is coming from somebody who really lived through this. We now know what matters <laughs> to you. What matters to you? You know what I like about this book, too? There's enough workbooky, workshoppy, even space to write. And really yeah. good prompts, just solid prompts. And I like, I really like and appreciate that part because you are trying to cre create sort of a holistic look at how to support your inner values mm -hmm. and create true joy. And the joy part, um, I'm now going to skip over to page 159 because I, I really appreciated your definition of joy. Uh it's on fear 159 fear the great teacher mm. when you're focused on a vision and see a clear path here comes fear trying to keep you safe the part of the brain where fear breeds as we know is the reptilian brain it truly thinks shit is trying to kill you in a jungle or so even on an average day when your life is not at all at risk it sends fear signals throughout your body and your counter to that you don't fight it. Instead, you say, what's up, bitch? You want to dance? You want to dance? You, that's, I feel, I mean, and you talk about joy on other pages, yeah. like explicitly um, it, throughout mm -hmm. the book. But that, that to me is the funniest thing. Like when fear comes up and you say, yo, you want to dance with me? That's you want right. to dance with me? <laughs> hey, girl. It's so, hey, girl, hey. It's so, <laughs> It's so courageous and it's so fun and light and, and it has a silly to it, which I really love and need. And there just isn't, if you're living and breathing, there isn't the space for, for that anymore. You know, it's, That's right. it's just ask it to dance and, and see where it takes you. That's right. I think it, mm. it comes down to like, when is enough enough? You know, how yeah. long will I yeah. be entertaining this fear and, and letting this fear sort of like, run and guide my life so when you when you greet the fear with this fierceness you know and the staff to dance in that very moment you've you've taken a, a you've done a, a extremely courageous act you know to move through it 
while, you know, feeling, you know, sexy and beautiful. So you're doing yourself a, a, an, an enormous service. And, and when you believe the fear and when you let the fear sort of dominate your life and your day, you're doing yourself in the world of this service. You know, and I speak to fear in regards a lot in this regard, I think at this page in the book, in regards to like not living out your truth, your mission, your purpose. We so often get, oh, I'm so scared of what they're going to say. I'm so scared of how people are going to respond to me or, um, you know, fear in just in, in fear that holds you back from expressing your truth. It's a disservice to yourself in the world, honey. You know, because mm. imagine if we were, imagine if more and more people were fully self-expressed. I think a lot of our problems come from the, our inability to express our truth and trying to live like other people. And that causes so much, you know, imbalance in the mind and this ease in the body. But when you greet the fear, say, girl, what's up? Let's dance. Because I know that what I have to do in the world matters and it's needed. And my voice matters and my dreams are, are necessary healing peace to someone else's puzzle. So thinking from that perspective, you know, you don't stop. You literally, you get up and you do it for the sake of all beings, right? Yep, yep. I really want to thank you so much. I feel like your perspective is a really sweet, bright, shining light right now for for a lot of folks who really need to loosen up a little bit, lighten up a little bit, and stop mm -hmm. taking it so, so seriously, everything. I do want to honor the fact that there is a great deal of suffering in the world at this time. And there is, uh, you know, a, a real issue with regards to how people get along post election. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, both of us have many folks in our lives who are quote unquote on the other side of the fence of this whole conversation mm -hmm. uh, regarding for whom, they voted or what they believe to be true. And yeah. I thought it might be nice just to close with some sort of words or any prayer, any thought that you have as to how we can, okay, acknowledge the divisiveness that's happened mm -hmm. and then kind of bring us all back together into one space, one heart, one capital L love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. One practice that I have it at the back of the book that I, I do it every morning and night is the Tara Mantra, the green Tara Mantra. She's a female Buddha, compassion embodied. And the, the mantra is Om Tare, Tu Tare, Tu Re, So Ha. Are you familiar with this mantra? Very much so. And as a matter yeah. of fact, for my birthday, uh, I received a giant hand-painted green Tara Oh my God. From Gurmukh and Guru Shabid. Oh my God, honey. You can't, you can't <laughs> even imagine. It's sitting right next to me at my desk and it is so beautiful. And so her energy has been with me. So the fact that you're saying this right now is ridiculous. <laughs> well, I was, and I have green tire tattooed on my left arm and my left forearm, really big. No. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the green tire one, should we just do a few rounds of it? I mean, you, you tell yes. me. Yes. Yes, so I, I love we, that. Um, and, you know, the mantra, there's many translations for it. You know, one way that I like, I, I, I speak to it often, it's like wishing all beings to be free of mental, physical suffering. You know, all mm. beings with no exception. The key word is no exception, right? Because if we can ease the hook into suffering, then we can find, we can remember who we truly are. 
I love that. I just, this mantra has like, I can say out loud, especially not because you have this connection with Tara, you know, oh honey, this has saved my life. Moments of suicidal thoughts that were like clearly sick and cluttering my entire perception of who I am in the world. I would just say, and it, I, I, I kid you not, I, I can't, you know, make this shit up. It's like, it just, I would notice the clouds and these thoughts like, you know, fading away slowly with that mm. kind of intensity, with that kind of mm. power. You know what I think we should do? Uh, yeah, and please. also I want to recommend the Deva Pramal Om Tare Tu Tare. Yes. I think that that's a real, for my listener, if you're listening and you want to hear this mantra, the way that I love to listen to it is uh, Deva Pramal and Miten, M-I-T-E-N, mm -hmm. Deva is spelled D-E-V-A. They have a beautiful recording of Om Tare, T-A-R-E, Tutare, T-U-T-T-A-R-E, uh, Om Tare, Tutare, Tare, So, Ha, is mm -hmm. that how it goes? Om yeah. Tare, Tutare, Ture, So, Ha. Got it. I love that we have Let's this just, connection. That's I love crazy. That we have, that we have it, they literally walked it into my house a week ago. Oh my it was God. so silly. I saw them carry. I saw him carrying this big thing wrapped in bubble wrap, and I was like, "Oh my God!" Will you send me a picture? I need to see this. It sounds divine. Yeah, I'll okay. text it to you right after this. Perfect. Um, okay, so let's 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 do it. Lead us through okay. a few rounds of the Tara mantra. Okay, so if you are seated on the chair and you are laying down, maybe even and carry this mantra with you, right? Do it anytime the mind starts to be agitated. Take a deep breath into the nose. Long exhale to the mouth. And then let's introduce the mantra. Let's treat the mind to this epic, legendary mantra. Om Tare Tutare Ture Soha. Om Tare Tutare Ture Soha. Wow, that's good. <laughs> I don't know about oh. you, but like the colors are more vibrant where I'm at, you know, the temperature has changed. I'm like, oof, yeah. Full body chills. Yes. Like full body chills. And I like can't not move my body right now. I'm just like twirling <laughs> in my little, on my cushion here, twirling around uh, in a circle. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank I'm you so happy that. we have this connection, you know? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I want to thank you too for being here. Just thank you for giving us your time and for the all the study and all the travel and all the hard times that it took to get you to this very light and most of the time contented place because we're all experiencing it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. you. Thank you, honey. Oh my goodness. I can't say enough. I'm so honored and grateful to be here with you and, and, and sharing uh, time with you and your audience. Thank you so much for having me. For sure. <sighs> Truly honored. I, I hope we can um, hug each other 
smell each other's hair at some point and then my hair smells good get ready i know it does honey i can tell (laughs) (laughs) so much love to you and everyone listening and you know and guys if anything you take away from this conversation you know remember to pause remember to pause and to breathe and and work with the tara mantra i'm everywhere you know using that mantra Every time I start to be a little impatient, I, I whisper it in my mind. Oh, God, it's better to go. Oh, God. And the hook releases. So mm. hope that's helpful for you. Thank you so much. So much. And I'm going to give my listener your website, which is your full name, sadisimone.com. And I'm going to spell it for you. It's S-A-H, the letter D as in David, Simone, S-I-M-O-N-E dot com and we have the same book cover designer did you know that rachel really yeah rachel murray oh my god i mean she killed it she killed it (laughs) i'm gonna give a shout out to rachel if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the cover of the book spiritually sassy this is actually you're gonna see the green tara no is that no that's your right right outer arm. that's the right yeah that's the right yeah Yeah. the other one that's the tibetan dragon Gotcha. If you're listening to this and you want to see the visual encapsulation of this human and these teachings, <laughs> look at the cover of Spiritually Sassy. That's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, um, my God. So I love you, brother. And I love thank you, you for, for your time today. Love you, too, honey. Thank you again so much. Mwah, 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 mwah. Squeezing you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Bye. Bye, my love. Thank you. Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do 
is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.